Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Monday, and we are posting an instant classic for your inspiration. This message may come from anywhere around the globe, but is sure to stay with you for years to come. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> What's up, family? I said, what's up, church family? It's getting serious in here. God is good. So grateful to be uh, at home with my mother church and so grateful to be with family and friends and people that are doing this thing for Jesus. It's wonderful. It's exciting. And I say from the bottom of my heart, I was just talking to Pastor Jesse and I, I, I say one of the most profound blessings in my life is to see people that have been around for a long time, still doing it for Jesus. You know, we may not move that fast. <laughs> hair may be getting a little bit gray. May not have no hair. Maybe you dyed it up. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. I ain't mad at you. But we're here, amen, and God is so wonderful. I want you to grab your Bibles and open up to Exodus chapter 12, and we're also going to look in Numbers, Numbers chapter 11, verse number 4. So once again, Exodus 12, verse number 38, and also Numbers 11, verse number 4. I was um, born in Georgia. Um, amen, we don't have many people from Georgia here. I'm, okay, but it's all good. <laughs> It's all good. That's where I'm from. And uh, when I was a little boy, um, I, I lived in, in a little country, little country town and um, little country house. Didn't have no running water, no bathroom, uh, three rooms, front room, middle room, back room. <laughs> we didn't have no bedrooms. You had front room, middle room, back room. <laughs> My grandfather, he was a pastor. He pastored two churches, one in Georgia, one in Alabama. And he also was a farmer. He made his own syrup. He raised his own pigs, slaughtered the pigs, salted them up in the smokehouse. He was a bad dude. They don't make them like that no more. <laughs> and he had a chicken coop. One of our responsibilities when I was a little boy, my, my, I was the youngest in the family, and my, my Aunt Tracy were five months apart. So one of our responsibilities is that we had to go and get the, the, the eggs from the chickens. And so <laughs> anybody know anything about roosters? <laughs> roosters don't like anybody messing around with their women's, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and so it was always this crazy thing trying to get the eggs from uh, the, the, the chickens. And I was always intrigued about the chicken coop because my grandfather, he actually didn't go through a whole lot of building when he made the chicken coop. He would put uh, a place for the chickens to lay their eggs. But as far as having a, a, a structure that would keep the chickens in, he didn't have that much. Actually, you could, you could actually probably jump over the fence of the chicken coop. And I found something out about chickens. 
I found out why chickens can't fly. Chickens can't fly because their wings are too small. I read that their flight muscles are too big. And they can't sustain flight for too long of a period of time. And there's a whole lot of other factors. If you know anything about chickens, chickens are a, they're a crossbreed. They're a man-made mixture from a wild jungle fowl that is found in Asia. And although they have powerful muscles, that's why we like chicken. They got a lot of meat on them. <laughs> although, although they have powerful muscles, they lack the endurance to fly. And because of their inescapability, chickens are easily domesticated. Chickens, they tend to stay on the ground because they've been so domesticated that everything they get, someone else gives to them. <laughs> Lord, don't let me get ahead of myself. <laughs> There's no need for a roof on the chicken coop because usually they only build a fence that's usually about seven feet high and the chicken says the chicken can't sustain flight for any period of time it never will venture out into the wild i want to preach a message today that i've called don't be a chicken (laughs) y'all gonna let me preach here today i said since we're here you gonna let me preach here today and I want you to open your Bible. If, you, if you're scared to open your Bible, because some of y'all got scared, you're like, I'm not going to read it. It's not going to change what it is. And so <laughs> in, in Exodus 12, verse number 38, it says, And a mixed multitude went also with them, and very much livestock, both flocks and herds. Numbers 11:4. And the mixed multitude among them began to lust greatly for the familiar and the dainty food. And the Israelites wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat. God, we thank you for how wonderful you are. You are better to us than what we deserve. God, I ask you right now for an anointing upon your servant. I thank you, God, for the ministers that have ministered thus far. I thank you, God, for the grace that you are showing us as a church in the body of Christ. But I pray, God, this morning, take us higher. God, I rebuke fear and intimidation in the lives of the enemy, and I pray that the name of Jesus be glorified in this house. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory in the name that is above every other name, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you get ready to get the hook up. Yes, yes. So, (laughs) don't be a chicken. The, the evolution, the evolution of the chicken. Humans protect and breed chickens, and therefore the evolutionary line did not cause for them to be animals with bigger or stronger wings. And I was reading about this, says, nor did it call for the elongation of their feet for perching purposes. So in reality, domesticated chickens did not necessarily need to fly at high altitudes because they can scour for food on the ground and generally do not need to protect themselves from predators. You know, people protect chickens. My, my grandfather, if, if, a dog, if a dog got in a chicken coop and killed a chicken, dog dead. <laughs> we don't care whose dog it is. It'd be your dog, be your grandmama's great, uh, uh, her favorite dog, your dog will get killed. 12-gauge shotgun. Y'all are going to let this black man preach in this house today. Uh I read, furthermore, they disproportionately between their body and their wing size makes it incapable for their wings to support their body weight for a long amount of time. This is why chickens can't fly. Human interference, it says, 
has literally created chickens and ultimately assigned their roles as means of providing food. Mainly chickens are bred to lay eggs and be consumed. <laughs> this process has adverse negative side effects, including chickens losing their ability to walk and becoming lame and Restriction of food intake and brittle bones and these factors contribute to the chicken's inability to fly, as well as intentionally forcing them to evolve less like birds and more like inanimate pieces of meat. <laughs> this selective breeding and lack of evolution for survival has, as well as their predecessors are the reasons why chickens can't fly. You know, I know a lot of Christians who are like that. I know a lot of Christians. They have this powerful experience with God. They will tell you, man, God met with me. He touched me. And I'm not here to debate the fact of whether or not God has touched you. That's between you and your God. But I cannot say that if you say you have a powerful touch by God, it really will show in how you live. <laughs> you will talk about it. You'll be about it. Help me preach here today. It says in Matthew 13, 5, some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root and they withered away. It goes on to tell us in verse number 20, but he who had received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the a word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. This is the type of chicken Christian who constantly avoids challenges. Oh, you know, I need to back up. I, I, did, did, you, did you come here this week to get challenged? Because I, I can't assume that you came here for that. You might have come here to get a wife or get a husband. <laughs> and so, and so, <laughs> we'll take, take care of that on the donut break. We came in here today to have church. Uh, can, I, can I tell you that if you, if you get some of this stuff right, you get yourself a wife or a husband. <laughs> we, we, Find Christians that have a powerful experience with God, but they lack endurance. They hate discipline. They absolutely hate, like uh, 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 our pastor said this morning, absolutely, Pastor Bobby said, that you, you got to work for this thing if you want heaven. It's not given to you. And oftentimes when you uh, find Christians that lack this endurance, they don't want to fight for it because they don't feel like it's worth it. What a terrible way to live. That's maybe the reason why people don't pray the way that they should pray. Maybe it is the reason why people will not read the word of God or remain ignorant to the word of God. This might be the reason why that people refuse to change. And so often some of the simplest obstacles to overcome have your faith and your confidence collapsed. That there's certain things that people go through that are just easy stuff. That people are falling over and collapsing because they have no endurance to get over it. So I begin to ponder the mixed multitude. And it says in our text in Numbers 11, verse number 4, Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. 
So the children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate so freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons. Oh, my goodness. You know what's so crazy about these folks? They didn't remember bondage. (laughs) Memory's really good. They're remembering the, the cucumbers. Oh, I remember the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now, oh my goodness, they said, but now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. I, I brought my sweat rag. I'm ready to. Who, who are the mixed multitude? Who are these mixed multitudes? Now, They are probably the offspring of marriages contracted between the Israelites and the Egyptians. And the term may also include all those who are not pure Israelite of pure Israelite blood. In Exodus and Numbers, it's probably denoted the miscellaneous hanger-ons of the Hebrew camp. In other words, these folks, this mixed multitude, were probably just some people that just hanging out. One thing we know from history is that the mixed multitude, they accompanied the 12 tribes of Jacob as they set towards Palestine. They were neither fully Jewish nor fully Egyptian. You guys follow me? These racially mixed people were the sons and daughters of one Hebrew parent and one Egyptian. The product of two separate and competing cultures. These half-breeds, and no disrespect, were perhaps too Egyptian to really fit into the children of Israel and definitely too Jewish to be completely comfortable among their Egyptian brethren. And that is a portrait of those even today who divide and subvert the body of Christ from within. They are the mixed multitude were those that had split loyalties. I know I can't preach here like I want to. I said it's inside of me. I just need the church to help me preach here today. There were people that had split loyalties. They were coming close to the presence of God, but yet never fully committing to it. Now, I know that some of you might say, you know, not in our churches. Why don't I preach in too many of our churches? That's where I preach. In case you didn't know, now you know. I know sometimes when pastors get up here and preach, you always think that we're talking about some church somewhere else. So, so pastors will make statements like, oh, he must be talking about some other churches. That couldn't be any of us because we're fine and refined. <laughs> These were the people who they, they, they craved and pined for the things left behind in Egypt. And whenever times got tough, they began to grumble and complain. Whenever hardships would arise, they began to moan and complain. They were ever present source of trouble and discord among the Hebrews, eroding the morale of the entire nation by their own negativity. I can't get any help here today. There was a pastor, he was preaching, and he was sharing about this woman who was in the church, and she was actually, she used to be a witch. She gets saved, and she, she, she wants to get delivered from these spirits that had been tormenting her. And she began to share with the pastor about how they would operate when, when they were involved in their witchcraft. And she said, it's not like what people think. They don't come in and out outside the church and marching around the church and doing witchy stuff. 
You know, I know sometimes we think that and they're, they're outside the church. You got a witch's hat on or she got a broom or something like that. <laughs> what this woman said is that they would attach themselves to carnal people. And they would find their expression through carnal people who were at the church. And once they had released their carnality on the carnal people in the church, they just leave and go jack up another church. When I heard that, I said, oh, my goodness, <laughs> that's what happens in so many churches is that they come in and they attach to all these carnal people that are in the church. Oh, my goodness, pastor, I may not be preaching next year. <laughs> this has become a culture in many of our churches that you have a subculture. These mixed multitudes was a subculture. Defined simply a subculture as a cultural uh, group within a larger group, often having beliefs or interests, uh, interests that are against the larger culture. So you have the mixed multitude that come. They're not really even down with it. They're just hanging on. They're chilling. It's the place to be. They come in as a subculture and they begin to take over and it becomes a culture. The mixed multitude did not leave Egypt because they were tired of Egypt. They didn't leave Egypt because they were hungering and thirsting for something else. So many Christians fill church pews. So many Christians go to revivals. So many Christians go to crusades. So many Christians come to conference. They look like they're down. They look curious like they with it. I'm losing some help here today. They're inquisitive spectators. But the mixed multitude today, they're more interested in entertainment. They're more interested in entertainment than hungering and thirsting for the righteousness of God. And unfortunately, what happened is the, the children of Israel, they allowed this mixed multitude that had no love for God to accompany them. And it was not long before their influence of this mixed multitude was evidenced in the lives of God's people. Now, now listen, we, something that we can't forget is that there's something about the mixed multitude that is in every one of us here today. I, I need an amen. I'm going to preach this. Let me, how, many, how many churches we got here? One, two, three, four, five. I preach all five churches. I said, there's something about us all. All of us have a little bit of the mixed multitude in us. In other words, we are spiritual people, but we got a carnal side too. I wish I could preach it like I feel it. I, I, we have a carnal side too. That this old man that just won't die. Somebody said years ago, I could serve God a lot better if I didn't have a head. <laughs> Can I get a witness? <laughs> And, and, and this old man on the inside of us was struck, is struggling to keep a hold on us. And even while the new man is growing in grace and trying to grow in the knowledge of God, this old man won't stop. And the truth of it all, it doesn't even matter how strict your church is. They can sit you down, give you every standard known to man. You so crazy, they gave you extra ones. <laughs> Can I just tell you, if you don't want to do right, you ain't going to do right. <laughs> if the Holy Spirit can't keep you, I don't know what I can do for you. <laughs> can I say it again? If the Holy Spirit can't compel you to do right, what am I going to tell you? 
You know you need to, you know you need to live right. Oh, I am, Pastor. I signed that paper. <laughs> I know a whole lot of people that signed papers when they got married, too. Oh, I feel like preaching up in here today. <laughs> to have and to hold from this day forward to death do you part. You get married, you find out what that old man is all about. You find that old man is scandalous. Oh, my goodness. So we have the, the Israelites, they left Egypt, but Egypt didn't leave them. Our text says they, they left Egypt, but Egypt didn't leave them. And so I pondered about this mixed multitude that they somehow had the ability to influence the children of God to stay grounded. Do you guys know that actually carnal believers should actually not be influencing us more than we are them? Oh, I can't get no help from y'all in the back. Put your donuts down and listen to the word. I know you snuck them in here. Put it down and listen to the word. How else does the devil keep us grounded he keeps us grounded by giving us what our flesh craves for. How else can he keep people that are born to fly grounded? He gives you a little bit of carnality with a little bit of faith. That'll make you crazy. The enemy, he's got a bag of mess that he gives the people of God. I brought my bag of mess. <laughs> and I call it chicken scratch. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Now, cleaning crew, you've got to forgive me. I... I I, I, actually, I started my ministry out cleaning the floor. I have no problem. I'll clean this up later. But the enemy, he, I, 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 how, can, how can the devil 
keep a church grounded? How can he keep a, a, a whole culture grounded? Well, he comes by with his chicken scratch and he just throws out a little bit of fear. And there you are with your head down. I feel like preaching here today. Y'all got me on FaceTime live? Got me on FaceTime live? Let me look up. (laughs) He's got some of you grounded. He's got you grounded in fear. He's got you grounded in compromise. He's got some of you grounded in discouragement. He's got people grounded in sexual sin and bondages. He's got you grounded. He's got some of you grounded in distractions. I've never seen so many people distracted with nonsense in my life. Heads down. I said heads down. Heads down. Devil come by with his, with his bag of chicken scratch. Got powerful people. Powerful people. Head down. Every, every church service can't see anything. Got folks, chicken scratch, all your chicken scratch excuses. I'm going to tell you something. If you want an excuse, the devil will give you one. Oh, I done lost half the church up in here. I'm going to be done in a minute. Don't even worry about it. I'll be done in a minute. If you want an excuse, he'll give you one. I would fly. I swear I would fly. But... I, but I'm so scared, and I would fly, but I tried once, and, 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 and I couldn't even hardly get off the ground, so I'm not going to try anymore. I, I, you know, I would get a band. I would. I swear I would. I even got some people that talked about it with me. <laughs> Chicken scratch. Got congregations that are bound, bound up with it. How in the world can a subculture come in and take over? I've always been amazed. You can get somebody that will come out of nowhere and be the most carnal person in the world, and people just gravitate to them. Hi, when are we going to get together? And as a pastor, you see it, you're like, ooh, that ain't a good combo. Holler at your preacher, somebody. I'm like, that ain't a good combo. Bad combo. Bad combo. You two together, bad combo. I said, bad combo. And what's happening in our churches, what's happening in the body of Christ is we have become domesticated. You say, preacher, yeah, I'm going to tell you guys. I'm not even trying to be spiritual. God woke me up at 4 o'clock this morning. He said, you tell the church that they have become domesticated. You know what domesticated is? It's simply becoming tame or a pet. The devil don't mind you looking tough if you ain't tough. He don't mind you walking around with glam muscles, looking like you're strong and you're weak. 
Roll your shirt up all you want to try to show your biceps when your belly's big and your booty's big. He ain't afraid of none of that. Yeah, roll your shirt up. Roll your shirt up. Everybody like, man, you've been working on your arm. No, you need to work on that booty and that belly. That's what you need to work on. Stop all this. I don't know where that came from. That just came out. Lord, forgive me, it just came out. He, he, he's not afraid. He's not afraid of glam muscles. He's, listen, I'm going to tell you guys something. You listen to me here today. He's not afraid of you coming to conference and, 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 and just strolling around. Walking around conference acting like you, like you fly when you're at home. Your pastor knows you don't fly. He knows you. Don't try to walk around here. Hey, you know, I don't care how big your Bible is. I don't care how many notes you take. You come here and have everybody in this conference think, man, that's a powerful man of God. And your pastor looking like, mmm. Well. They even grow up to your pastor. Hey, man, I met, one of the, I met somebody from your church, man. They powerful. And the pastor's like, you know if he don't say nothing, it could be a problem. Oh, my goodness. So you ask yourself, why are you not further along now? Ask yourself. It, you know, the one thing I know about our churches, we, not, we may not be, the, the, we may not have the nicest buildings. To, I'm telling you, you saw our church in Virginia Beach, you had to have God, like, deep in you to go to church there. <laughs> <laughs> that church was so ugly. <laughs> ugly. We had this old raggedy air conditioner. We had it uh, up with, uh, with some poles and two by fours. <laughs> One morning, Tony Chase, he found some carpet from a, a, a you found it from a trash dumpster, didn't you? Was that a trash dumpster, Tony? Tony found it from a trash dumpster, brother. Pastor! Look what I found. I said, oh my God, you struck gold, boy. <laughs> you struck gold. Bring it in here. Roll it out. Roll it out. That's going to be our altar call area. <laughs> our altar call area. Just put a plant. Put a plant over that stain. We ain't worried about it. <laughs> Ugly church. Me and Tony, we built, we, we, we put together a drop ceiling. And we didn't know how to put no drop ceiling in there. We put together a drop ceiling. Didn't know that you could get like one of those uh, lasers and it would help you line it up so the drop ceiling's all messed up. <laughs> just, some of our buildings just ugly. But you know what I noticed about our churches? That we really give people latitude to fly if you really want to. You can say, listen, you say whatever you want. You, you can say whatever you want about your church, about your past, about this, about that. But one thing I know for sure, that when I came to this church, a 21-year-old man, what gave me hope is that if I really wanted to do something for God, the only thing that can keep me back is my flesh and excuses. That if you, if you really... Huh, if you really want to do something for God, you can. Because, listen, church, if we're not further along, it's not because of a lack of resources. because we have churches that will back you. It's not because of lack of leadership. It's not because fellowship. It's oftentimes because the price is too high to get there. And we become satisfied with being grounded. So I 
want to apologize because I, I've ministered and I've assumed that people want to grow when actually maybe people don't want to grow. Maybe, Pastor, you're here and you, you've assumed, you preach your heart out every week and you, you assume that maybe, maybe people want to grow, but sometimes people just don't want to grow at all. I ask you, are you hanging out with chickens? Because if you hang out with chickens, you will stay a chicken. Huh. And the reason why the enemy was never afraid of the children of Israel, because in their minds they were still captive. And if you still have a chicken mind, you will behave like a chicken. Can I get a witness from somebody? The devil is not afraid of no chicken Christian. He ain't afraid of no chicken churches. He ain't afraid of no churches that got the chicken coop mentality. He ain't afraid of you coming this week and saying yes and amen if you go back to the chicken coop on Friday. Something has got to change today. Do you hear what I'm preaching to you right now? Something's got to change today. I want to talk to you just for a couple of minutes and we're going to pray. It's lunchtime. (laughs) And for that reason and that reason alone, we get ready to put a button on this thing. Let, let, let's talk. Let, let's talk about another bird. Say it. Oh, y'all, I like y'all. It's a different bird altogether. I want to ask you: Is anybody ready to soar? Amen. I, now, now, I, I'm going to read something. Now, I don't want you to get excited. I want you to control yourself because I, 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 I. It says in Isaiah 40, verse number 31. Y'all ready? Now you don't listen. Y'all forgive me if I get a little bit excited, but but I may just I may just just shout up in here in just a minute. It says, "But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint." I'm going to tell you something here right now. This is a promise to discourage people. He says in the word of God, but they that wait upon the the Lord. In other words, if you're going to wait, you have to wait in the right way. This is not some passive kind of wait. A lot of times people say that they're waiting on the Lord, but actually their posture and their waiting is always strange. (laughs) To properly wait in the sense of expecting with hope. Not with a chicken mentality. Saying that you'll take whatever... (laughs) It's thrown to you. Listen, there's something about children of God. I just can't eat certain stuff all the time. Y'all ain't gonna let me preach like I want to. I can't eat. Listen, I can't be having a, a, a diet of discouragement all the time. I'm not gonna be with my head down picking around at fear and excuses and messing around and, and sin. I can't be, I can't have no diet of that. Not when I'm trying to fly. It means to wait for his help. To trust in him, to put our hope and confidence in him. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall mount up. Somebody say mount up. up. Eagles are known for their strength and their courage in the midst of danger. If you read about uh, eagles and 
the midst of turbulent weather, they soar above the clouds. Pastor Ron, he was telling me a story that an older saint in the Lord told, and I know that I'm probably telling the story wrong, but he simply said in the story, he said, the sun is always out. This older lady said, the sun's always out, even when it's cloudy and it's stormy, but you have to sometimes go through the storm to see that the sun is always out. You might have to fly through some storms to see that the sun is always out. Eagle's wings was a figure of speech commonly used to attribute these fine characteristics to a person. So the Bible says, those that wait on the Lord, they shall mount up. What does that word mount up? It means rise up. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It means rise up. Oh, what the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me over and over again. We need some people who will rise up. Oh, it doesn't matter what church you go to. It doesn't matter how big your church is. It don't even matter who your pastor is. You can have the best pastor on the planet and still have a chicken mentality. But we need some people that would rise up. This phrase mount up means to go up. It means to ascend. I feel faith rising in here. It means to go up and over a boundary. (laughs) That means that everything that's been jacking you up since even yesterday, that the Lord wants to take you higher. Isaiah, he is communicating that God will provide renewed strength and courage to overcome obstacles if Israel would only have patience and trust in the Lord's sovereign timing. The uniqueness of the eagle, that the eagle does not hide from storms. You find most birds, they disappear when storms come. I guarantee you you would have came out last night. (laughs) All the black folks were scared. (laughs) Sit on the floor, sit on the floor. (laughs) Don't talk. I grew up when it's storming, you don't talk. Don't sit on that bed, sit on the floor. All y'all, all 'all. (laughs) y'all. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You couldn't even you couldn't even question that. You try to question that. Why we got to just do what I say? Just do what I say. You trying to live? You want to live, don't you? <laughs> the uniqueness of the eagle is that it doesn't hide like all the other birds. All the other birds, when storms come, you can't find any of them. They find all kinds of places to run to, and they hide away, but. The scripture tells us that when storms come, which they will, that the eagle does not flap its wings. You know, there's a difference between flying and soaring. There's a whole lot of birds that fly, but there's not a whole lot of birds that soar. And one of the the birds that came to mind is like, listen, he doesn't say mount up on wings like a hummingbird. (laughs) He'll renew your strength. You will mount up on wings like a hummingbird. That don't even excite me. You know, hummingbird. Hey, I don't need no hummingbird wings. Can I get a witness? I need some eagle's wings. 
And listen, the one thing that resonates in my heart is that we don't have to try harder. Can I take the pressure off here today? Some of you are like, how am, how am I going to get breakthrough? It's not you trying hard. It's just you resting. God, this is your promise. This is what you said to me. That if I learn to wait on you, your power, your strength, you told me that I will mount up and all I got to do is stretch out. Oh, y'all ain't hear me here today. All I've got to do is stretch out. And I'll let you take me higher. That means it's just because storms come to me, you need to quit every time. Every time the storm comes, oh, you know something, I'm out of here. I'm going to find another church. Until you find another church, they don't want you. They're not willing to put up with all your nonsense, so here you come back. I'm back. Hey, hey, hey. I'm back. I miss you guys. I wonder what would happen. And I promise I'm closing. Straight up. Straight up. Straight up. Straight up. I wonder. You guys know me. You, you guys, you know my heart. I wonder what would happen if we would say, as individuals and congregations, we are going to rise up. I will not allow my flesh, nor the devil to domesticate me. I have been birthed in the kingdom for adventure. I have been birthed in the kingdom to dream great things. And God, I have put a ceiling on my life that's not even there. I put limitations on my life that aren't even there. I made excuses and looked around and said, oh, you know, I can't do nothing in this church. Who put that roof on? We didn't. Man, our church is, boy, we'll use anybody. I'm straight up, we'll use anybody, no matter what color you are. Maybe you're here for the first time, you're like, man, how do I, how do I get in with this thing? Listen, man, we'll use anybody. <laughs> Tell you what happened when we rise up. When you rise up and he takes you higher, your vision will be different. I, I said he will allow you to see things that you would never see in the chicken coop. Something about when you go higher, he gives you a different perspective. You see things differently. You see the greatness of God. Come on. You see the incredible power of God. Some of you need to tell the devil, you know, devil, you need to keep your chicken scratch. My God wants to take me higher. That I have a better vantage point because there's something about when you go higher with Jesus, he lets you see things that you would have never seen in the chicken coop. Something about when we rise up, we rise above petty things. There's something that happens when people rise up that God gives you the ability to see beyond the mundane things. It doesn't mean that you excuse them and say that they don't exist. It just doesn't have that strong of an effect on your life anymore. We need some churches who will rise up and people will stop grumbling and mumbling all the time. See, God, thank you for a different perspective that even though my church has problems, even though we've got issues, even though we're not the perfect church, I'm living this kind of high life. 
where I can fly over all of that mess. Yes, there's some bad things happening, but God, I see some good stuff on the horizon. You're a good God, and you prepared some good things for me. You prepared some good things for my church. You can go home today. You can see your life differently. You can see your ministry differently. You might even see your wife or your husband differently. Couldn't get no amen on that. (laughs) When you rise up, it will cause you to have endurance. Something about going higher with Jesus. That the higher he takes you, the air may be thin, but your spiritual lungs become huge. That the higher that he takes you, uh, the air may be thin, but your spiritual lungs are huge. And you begin to be a person that that is able to function for a long time at high altitudes. You know, the ability to soar, I found, is not all about me. You know that I'm the byproduct of other people that live this high altitude life. That it's because the Chandler Church has always had people that soar. That even during the tough times, the Chandler Church didn't allow the mixed multitude to take over. There was always a culture of people that said we will not allow ourselves to live in the chicken coop. We will be men and women. And the reason why I'm here today is because there's great people in this church that even through everything that we went through, I saw you soar. I saw you soar. I saw you rise above the clouds through the midst of losing loved ones and going through problems in your body, going through issues of life. You always soared. Listen, if you're here and you going home on Saturday, don't complain. Say, I'm going to rise up. I'm going to rise up that other people in my congregation can see that we can soar, that we can rise above all the mess. The mess is always going to be there. Don't mean I got to eat it. The mess is all the devil's always throwing mess. Don't mean I've got to eat it. I don't got to be discouraged. I don't got to backbite. I don't got to murmur. I don't got to complain. God, I can rise up. I want us to bow our heads all over this building. Thank you so much. You guys are so great. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.